Unfortunately, I've been around a lot of death recently. And you know one of the things that really bothers me about death? Well, obviously there's dying. But, (laughs) I mean, anyone who enjoys life is going to hate death. But this is not about that. What scares me about death, even more than not being here, is the fact that people start making decisions for you. You know what I hear all the time? This is the way he would have wanted it. Says who? Did he tell you that? Do y'all know how much it would piss me off if I had to sit there in silence while somebody told people what I would have wanted? How you know? He ain't tell you that. That's what he would have wanted. No, it's not. Like, people try to make it seem like everybody in the world who ever died was selfless. That's a lie. I done met way too many selfish people living to believe that nobody who has died is selfish. People do what's best for them in those moments and then say, this is what he would have wanted. Not if he was selfish. He would want you to move on. No, the hell he wouldn't. Don't speak for me. (laughs) I tell you right now. No, I don't. What do you mean move on? Some people was miserable living. And they ain't want you to be happy when they was alive. You think they want you to be happy now that they dead? What changed? No, he don't. That ain't for him. That's for you. Unless he come down and tell you himself. Patrick Swayze had to learn how to feel just so he could use his hands. So he could put hands on something. Because she was down there thinking that's what he wanted. That ain't what he wanted. Don't tell me what I wanted. Most of the people don't ever know what I really want when I'm alive. So how in the hell all of a sudden everybody know when I'm dead? You don't know what I want. Don't y'all go making decisions for me when I'm not here anymore. If I don't text you myself, don't go assuming. Athletes do it too. Now nah, we're going to play in the game because this is what he would have wanted. Some of these athletes selfish as hell. If he can't play, he don't want nobody to play. That's what he showed you his whole career. He don't want y'all to play. He mad because he can't play. He wants y'all to be dead too. (laughs) I'm just being honest, man. Y'all know that ain't true about everybody. Y'all gonna sit there and pretend like a selfish person ain't never died. That's how people always act. Oh, he was such a good man. He never wanted to hurt nobody. Serial killers' mothers done said that about them. Everybody that died was amazing. Could have been evil their whole life, never cared about nothing. Soon as they die, you be mad when somebody say something, huh? Well, I guess I shouldn't say anything then. Welcome to In The Moment. Yeah. There's a moment in everything, and everything is a moment. I talk about the comedy in it all. If this is your first time, welcome to the funniest podcast you've never heard. I'm your new favorite comedian, Mo Mitch, or your money's back. Shout out to all my regular listeners, and welcome to all my new listeners. Yeah. Episode 54. In the building another week Give it up for yourself if you're here I appreciate you sharing this moment with me If you're a new listener, welcome 
Got a lot of new listeners last week. So welcome to all the first timers. If this is your first time, I hope it won't be your last. Hope you had a good week. Going into the weekend, I'm feeling good today, y'all. I ain't gonna lie. I'm feeling good today. And it's all because of where I just came from. I just came from the dentist, man. Shout out to Buckhead Cosmetic and Family Dentistry. Oh. Oh, it was great. This is not an ad. I promise you. I just went because they offered me a whitening. And I never had one before. So I was like, why not? Let's do it. But they were great. The environment was incredible. I've never been to a dentist like this in my life. Every time I've ever gone to the dentist, they ask me what I want to watch on the TV. And I never knew why. What do you want us to put on? And I'd be like, put this on. And they'd be like, okay. And then they lean me back to where I can't see it. It's all out of view. Next thing I know, a form is in my mouth and you're asking me questions. Why did you ask me what did I want to see on the TV? Why did it matter? There's nothing Sports Center can do for me while I'm leaned back looking at the ceiling with your form in my mouth. Absolutely nothing. And I had that same thought today at the dentist until I leaned back and it was another TV on the ceiling. I said, I've been waiting for this moment my entire life. Gave me headphones and the whitest teeth I've ever had. I mean, what more can a man ask for? Changed my entire day. Listen, a man get a new haircut and some new fronts, you can't tell him nothing. There's nothing you can do with me right now. When you walking around knowing you got new whites, with a white tee on and your teeth whiter, what are you going to tell me? I'm looking around judging everyone. Like, wow, you're drinking something with color in it? How dare you do that to your teeth? These are new whites. I'm not even, I'm smiling everywhere I go. No matter what you do, somebody gave me an attitude on the way home. I ain't care. It don't matter. Whatever you do, you know how I'm going to feel? I was on the way home, somebody had an attitude because I cut them off. To my fuck you, Mo. You know what I did? Man, these new whites. You're not going to get an attitude out of me with new fronts. If everybody got a whitening more often, maybe it would be a better place. You just move different. Anybody that's ever had a brand new pair of white sneakers and you cared about them, some white Air Force Ones, white Jays, whatever it is, you move a little different. You don't walk the same. You're a nasty person if the very first time you get some brand new white sneakers, you walk exactly how you've always walked. That is disgusting. (laughs) If... If you, I'm serious, man. You're supposed to change your walk. In any pair, anytime you get anything that's brand new, you're supposed to walk a little different. But if they all white, you look at the ground more, make sure you don't step in a puddle. You just move different. You feel different, or at least you should. That's how I feel with my new teeth. People offering me food, I'm looking at them like, are you nuts? That has sauce in it. These are new whites. (laughs) What do you mean? Somebody wanted to have a drink. Yo, I know you love Henny. Are you insane? I need vodka. These are new whites. There's <laughs> never a reason to be mad when you got on new whites. But I wouldn't be me if I didn't get into what I was mad at this week. So y'all know what time it is. Let's talk about why I'm mad. But you're just so damn sexy. I'm mad at the way some of my friends tell me they're not available. I'm mad at that. If you ever want to truly know who's your friend, ask them to help you move. That's how you know. Watch how quick somebody come up with an excuse 
for why they can't help you move. I remember when I worked in the mailroom for this radio station and I used to get mad tickets. Get tickets all the time for all these concerts and people would give me tickets. And when you get tickets like that, you, you don't go to everything. In fact, at some point, you, you stop going to anything. So I always would give my tickets away. And I just always remembered how when I would offer tickets to my friends and family, everyone was always available. Oh, yo, you want to go see Bruno Mars? Fam, yes. Don't ask me the time, the day, nothing. Yo, J-Lo is in town, but it's Thursday. It's at 1 in the morning. Fam, I'm there. I don't care. But you got to work at 7 in the morning. It doesn't matter. I'll be fine. Okay, here you go. Those same people. When I was ready to move, yo, I need help moving. I mean, nasty. Yo, fam, what you doing next week? Why? I need help moving. Oh, yo, I forgot to tell you, I moved out of the country. Then why the hell did it matter (laughs) when I asked you what you were doing next week? Yo, you trying to help me move? I can't. I'm busy that day. I haven't told you when I'm moving. And I don't know if this is a black thing, (laughs) but I feel like most black people's favorite response to when they don't want to do something is, oh, you should have told me earlier. (laughs) Yo, that's the go-to. I feel like anytime somebody tells you you should have told me earlier, it don't matter when you told them. That answer was no. I told my man one day, yo, I need help moving. When you moving? Next February. Fam, if you could have got to me earlier, what? it's a year. I know. But you need a two-year notice when somebody's moving? It don't matter when you tell somebody something. Damn, if you would have got to me yesterday, I just got too busy for this moment five minutes ago. Just, just, just say you don't want to help? That's crazy. Some of your friends never want to help you move. That's why you got to move some of your friends. Who's next? I got to talking about flying the other day. And it's funny that I'm mad at the fact that we can't travel like we used to because I've always hated the experience of actually flying. I never enjoyed it. And it's not because I'm, like, scared to fly or anything like that. It's just I'm, I'm tall. You know, airplanes are not really built for you when you're tall and you don't want to pay $4,000 for a ticket. So it's not the greatest thing. You got to go through... The security, the carrying the bags. is I love to travel, but I wish I could just more do it like the way Urkel used to become Stefan. Like, just, I just want to do it in seconds. <laughs> but as we were talking about flying, it got me to thinking. And I'm mad at whoever created the term friendly skies. Who did that? I don't know if that's just a United Airlines thing or what, but what's friendly about the skies, fam? Did, I mean, have you ever seen somebody be in trouble in the sky? Any of that look friendly to you? I've been around a lot of friendly people. Been to friendly places. None of them ever made me terrified or have the worst moments of my life. Like, what is friendly about the skies? And I thought of this because I remember I got on this flight one time. And I knew it was going to be the worst flight of my life immediately. I knew it. Because when I got on the flight, I sat down and a lady was like, Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for boarding flight 4957. We are prepared to take off. I need all of you to be seated at this moment. And then she went through a whole little protocol, and at the end she said, we are now going to be preparing for a flight from Atlanta to Atlanta. I mean, oop, wait, wait, where the fuck we going? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I would like off this flight. I know she not flying it, but at the same time, she might be hanging out with the guy who is. And if she don't know where we going, how I know we going to get there. I know. Then she had the nerve to say, if you need anything else, 
please reach out to us. Ma'am, you don't know where we're going. What would I reach out to you for? I would imagine if there's anything you know <laughs> at all, it's where we're going. How many times y'all have seen this in concert? Yo, thank you, Atlanta. And they be in Chicago. Like, I'm not, I don't want someone flying with me to have that issue. Then we proceeded to go into the sky and it was the bumpiest flight ever. I don't know if y'all ever been on one of those flights that was bumpy the entire flight. I'm talking hours of bumpy. There was nothing friendly about that experience, I promise you. Then we couldn't land. They tried to land three times. Oh, no. Nah, we're going to go back up. Back into the bumpy skies. The landing is too crazy. We were on a flight where it was so bad, they kept bringing us to the ground to take us back up. I promise you the ground is friendlier. So I said all of that to say, whoever came up with the term friendly skies, I'm mad at you. That simple. Who's next? Picking on the topic, I'm mad at traveling while you're in a relationship as a man. I'm mad at it. <laughs> when I travel, I was so used to traveling single for years. And then I got into a relationship and we started relationship traveling. And relationship traveling is a little different for a lot of different reasons. Most of them for the better by far. In my opinion, relationship traveling, companion traveling, partnership traveling, whatever you want to call it, is always better than going by yourself. In every aspect of it, except for one, if you're the man. I realized really quickly, more times than not, when you're in a relationship as a man and you go on a vacation or you travel with a woman, she is going to bring four bags. You're going to bring one. And then somehow you're going to end up carrying four bags the entire trip. This math is just as foolish to me as the fact that we work five days a week with two off. It just don't add up, fam. The same way Black History Month is in February. Shortest amount of days. Something don't add up. You came with four bags and she hands you three gladly. Oh, I'll carry this one. Don't worry about it. Oh, thank you. You come with one, she come with four. Hand you three of her four, now you got four, and she hit you with the, oh, I'll take this one, don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, oh, jeez. Thank you. How nice of you. <laughs> and I like, I don't mind it, right? Because I'm the, I'm the guy, you know, you got to be a gentleman. You got to do what you got to do. But you get tired, fam. Them bags heavier than yours, too. All three of those bags you took from her are heavier than the one bag you bought. And y'all going to the same place for the same amount of time. So now I got a bag on my neck, one on each arm, one attached to my back. And she's basically just rolling her purse. <laughs> and if y'all late, hurry up. Oh, really? You gonna make us late? You moving too slow. Yo, okay. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> Fellas, you know you be mad. You can't say that, but you be mad. You got to watch her pack her bag to see how inconvenient your trip going to be. Babe, you got it. You can't say no. You a man. Figure it out. I got it, babe. Don't worry about it. It's more convenient to travel alone. It is. You kind of miss it a little bit, but you don't want to go without her. I'm mad at what relationship traveling turns into sometimes. Who's next? I'm mad at something I experienced in the bathroom the other day. Went to use the restroom and it's pretty late. Just minding my business. 
chose a stall all the way to the left. Social distancing, of course. Another guy walks in, stumbles. It's probably ten stalls between the two of us, but he, for some reason, chooses, like, the fourth one, like, in the middle. All right. Next thing I know, this man starts pissing. Farting. And moaning at the same time. Is all I heard. If you've ever had to deal with... Now, as a man... Sometimes when you piss, you fart. You let one go and it's hard to hold the other. It happens. It's a thing. And then at the same time, sometimes you hold it for so long that when you finally let it go, it's an amazing feeling. I get it. But there are other men in this bathroom, bro. I'm by myself. I've never moaned while pissing. I don't know if that's a thing. It's just never happened to me. I'm not judging you if you do it, but next to me, false stalls over. Nah, you gotta pick two out of the three. There's no all of the above on this one, buddy. <laughs> what are you doing? This man is pissing, moaning, and farting. It's a PMF. It's a piss, moan, fart. I asked all of my friends, I'm like, yo, you ever heard somebody PMF? One of my smart friends was like, oh, a probability mass function? Nah, a piss, moan, fart. Realized then we were in two completely different industries. That, that was your first guess of what a PMF was? A probability mass function? No. It's a PMF. Call it what you want. It's disgusting. Who's next? Yo, last thing I'm mad at. You know what I was thinking about the other day? It's amazing how things that used to annoy you as a kid, you grow up and you go, oh, if only I could have that back. Right? You think of that with moments, people, whole lot of things. You know what I really wish I could have back? Think about it all the time. I can't believe. I mean, I am so mad at myself for giving the teacher any kind of pushback when she said it was nap time. My God. Who in the hell did I think I was? I don't want to take a nap, you little stupid fuck. You are going to regret this so much when you become an adult. Lay your ass down. Oh, I wish the older me could go yank the younger me. Hey, I know that blue mat stinks. I get it. They put a bunch of kids on it every day, and you just drool on it, and they never wipe it. I get it. But I promise you, it's not that bad. One, because there's no coronavirus yet. And two, because your stupid ass is going to really, really wish you could take a nap 25 years from now. I promise you, you're going to wish... That the person in the room, whatever room you're in, that it's in charge, whether it's a boss or a teacher, would say, hey, guys, let's break for nap time. Can you imagine that? What I wouldn't give. We already got to work five days of the week. Least your boss could do is go, hey, I don't care what you want to do. It's time to take a nap. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's what your teacher would do. Stop the whole class. All right, guys. We're going to stop doing work, close your books, relax your brains, and take a nap. And the whole class would go, Oh, I don't want to take a nap. Are you kidding me? All to get to three grades later and complain the whole way up to school. 
How quick does that change? I don't want to do my homework. Wish your ass could take a nap now, don't you? Man, what I would do to be able to go back and enjoy them nasty-ass blue mats. Say that to say enjoy the journey. Enjoy the process. Who's next? All right, let's get into shout-outs. Shout-out to Texas. Man. Praying for everybody dealing with that weather out there. Saw some of those videos online about how they were doing in Texas, and I felt really bad. I had to check on a couple of my brothers. One of them is in a hotel right now dealing with the power outage. Another was dealing with a pipe leak, but he's okay. They're both okay, which is a blessing. Shout out to them. But I know a lot of people in Texas are going through it right now. I remember going to see a Cowboy game once, and on that Saturday... The day before the Cowboy game, I went and saw the Mavericks play. And I remember leaving, and I think it was like maybe maybe 60 degrees, 55, and it was like drizzling. And I just remember the level of speed that everybody was running to their car. I mean, as a New Yorker, like me and the three guys that I was with were like, what the hell is going on? Because to us, that was summer rain. We was ready to get our car Thomas on. That was, we was chilling. But people were like holding their jackets tight, running. I was like, damn, y'all spoiled out here in Texas, man. I don't think there's any kind of weather that make you run in New York. Just gunshots. That's what made me want to move to Texas. Between being a cowboy fan and, and that being considered bad weather, I was like, I'm good out here. So shout out to Texas. Praying for everybody involved. Real quick sibling shout out. Shout out to my sisters. All three of them. Killing them. Doing really well in life. Proud of them. As an older brother. My youngest sister, Sage, just turned 18. Happy birthday, sis. Signed up to go to VWU to play tennis. Shout out to you. I'm rooting for you, sis. Congratulations. Super proud of you. Shout out to Kiana Gatlin. Next in line. If you haven't seen it on my social media, my sister's out here painting an entire wall. She's doing a mural for a restaurant, brand new restaurant, and she's crushing it. It's a picture of Louis Armstrong. It's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. I'm blown away. She's incredible. Shout out to her. And shout out to Kayla, my oldest sister. She wanted this job so bad. She kept telling me, Reese, this is the one. I gotta get it. And unfortunately, she came down with COVID right before it. So she had to do some of those interviews, tired, sick, but she had to do what she had to do, and she fought through it. And got the job. And I'm super proud of you. So I just wanted to, real quick, as a big brother, as a proud big brother, pardon me. But I'm I'm super proud of my sisters right now because all three of them are doing amazing things. And I imagine for anyone with kids, you see all your kids doing well. With siblings, you see all your siblings doing well. Or whatever it is that floats your boat. To see them all striving at the same time, that has to be an incredible feeling. So if you feel that, shout out to you. And while we're on colleges, actually, shout out to my university, Old Dominion University, for hiring their first black president. <laughs> Dr. Brian O. Hemphill. Shout out to him. Congratulations, sir. Shout out to him and the university. He's a great pick. I mean, I, you know, I thought of me. Not going to lie to you. No one contacted me to let me know that ODU was looking. 
I don't understand why. Not saying I should have won, but I mean, I, I could have been a candidate, you know. Not even like one of the guys that's like still running at the end. Just someone they thought of. You know what I mean? Like, has anybody thought of the Mo guy who's doing pretty well? No? Nobody in the office? I mean, I get it. The guy, you know, he's a researcher, academic administrator, current president of Radford University. I get it. But I got more followers, bro. Like, <laughs> he got an MS in journalism and mass communication. I mean, I ain't really get that degree, but I'm pretty good at journalism and mass communication. I'm just saying. I would like to be an option. But <laughs> no hate. In all seriousness, man, shout out to that brother. Let's get down to business. All right, real quick, man. I'm not going to stay here long, but rapper Meek Mill was trending today for, for the Kobe Bryant bar. You ready? And I'm not even going to repeat the bar because I love Kobe too much. But he used Kobe's name in reference to a chopper in order to try to create a lyric. And this is uh, it's one of the many reasons as to why I feel like people don't like Meek Mill. But I just felt like... Why would you do that? And let me not be a hypocrite here. As a rap fan and as a man who raps himself, I get it. A lot of questionable bars have been put into play over time. Happens all the time. And most of the time, you know that it's just rap. It's art. It's a part of the game. But in this case, it doesn't feel like it was necessary. The bar wasn't great. We're talking about an icon. This is Kobe, man. His daughter was in that helicopter. There's a lot of people lost that day. His surviving family will hear this. I almost wish sometime <laughs> there was like a law where before you could say something about someone else, you had to check the credentials of what they did for the culture or for the world and what you did. And then... If you don't just go, eh, I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> then there's something that will block you from saying it. Reject it. Eh, nah, you don't have the credentials to say that about this person. And he said this during Black History Month. Meek, if you wanted to use someone's passing as a punchline, for whatever reason you thought it was fly, if that's just what you wanted in that moment, the universe gave you a pretty good option. And I won't say his name, but if you just had to do it, why wouldn't you go there? You go to Kobe? And the only reason I truly bring this up is because I sometimes struggle with understanding why people who already have clout do things for clout. I don't know why anybody does anything for clout, but at least I can somewhat logically understand why the people who don't have it do it. But when you're already a popular or famous rapper, why would you think this would help? You've hung out with Jay-Z, fam. 
Why are you in a bucket hat and a Hawaiian shirt arguing with Takashi 6ix9ine in a parking lot? Why are y'all even at the same place? Why are you even giving him energy? When you get to a place where you start moving, this is for anybody. You start moving in different circles. Well, move in different circles. Steve Harvey once said, everybody who come with you can't go with you. You got to move a little different. Once you elevate, a lot of times people want to elevate, still do the same things. Still be around the same people. You can't steal second base and keep your foot on first. Go home. The objective is to go home. I didn't understand it. I thought it was really corny of him to do that. And for Kobe's family to have to hear that. You already have the clout. That's way worse to search for clout or to do anything for clout. You already have it. That makes you a clown. My opinion. Who's next? Talk about an athlete that's still here. Like Russell Wilson. Nobody want to talk about Russell Wilson. Quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. Professional NFL player. You know why? Because he's great. <laughs> Yo, I was watching this video of Russell Wilson, and I was just looking for a flaw. I ain't never got to the point of thinking to myself, I'm just going to sit here and hate. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to search for a flaw. I'm going to avoid all of this amazingness in front of me, and I am going to find a reason to hate. And when I tell you I looked up and down, there was nothing. Him and Sierra was sitting there doing an interview. Sierra is his lovely wife, singer. Little GQ couples questions. Oh, the man was answering everything right. I don't think he got anything wrong. I think he got bonus points. It's like one thing he didn't know, but he still kind of knew it. She asked him, what are you afraid of? He said, losing you. Oh! <laughs> Why can't we be more like Russ? But you know what really shocked me about Russell Wilson? He asked what his favorite pregame song was. Turns out it was this. You know how different of a man you gotta be to listen to that? Right before you go outside and run away from 350-pound men who are trying to kill you. No wonder this man different. Who the hell could do that? I guarantee you, you'd be hard-pressed to find any man on planet Earth that has ever played any kind of sport. It could be golf, fam. This is not his pre-game music. How does he, right after that, go out? And just do stuff like this. Well, I tell you, this man impressive. I wouldn't have to athlete Russ was. I was in a locker room like this. I still went out with missed tackles. I don't know why I was so impressed by that. But it made me think, Russ plays football the way that you should play life. 
even though they are trying to kill you, you know what you do? So I was watching this B. Simone video, and B. Simone is a comedian, for those of you who may not know. She's a comedian who has gone viral, and she was trending once, recently, for stealing, plagiarizing. She made a book, she stole some things, she got caught. People have felt some kind of way about her since. So she released this video the other day, and I'm not necessarily a fan of hers, but I was a fan of what she was saying. And I can completely understand why people felt like you're not the person who can say this. But it was about women having a list. We're manifesting love. But here's a little challenge. We got all these things we want in a man. A list of things. He got to be tall. He got to be dark. He got to be handsome. He got to have pretty feet. He got to be a family man. He got to be financially stable. He got to be rich. He got to be successful. He got to be all these things. And we ain't even have the things on that list. He got to be a family man. You talk to your mama in six months, but you want him to be a family man. He got to be financially stable. Your account is in the negative, ma'am. Overdraft fees. He got to have a job. You need to go fill out some applications because you're still unemployed. He got to have pretty teeth. You ain't seen a dentist in six years. He got to have a six pack and be in shape. You can't even walk up a flight of stairs without huffing and puffing. Get your life together. You want him to be understanding. You're the least understanding person in your circle of friends, but he got to be understanding. Fix you. Fix you. Whatever you want, become that. Now, we're not going to focus on the messenger, right? Because she was once the woman who said, I won't date you if you have a nine to five. And that can be dissected a whole lot of different ways because I'm sure there are a lot of men who work a nine to five and make a whole lot more money than she does. So I understand why people were upset with her delivering the message. But the message itself, I remember saying on the Burt Show once a long time ago, that I think there is a bit of a double standard when it comes to preferences. And what I meant by that was, I feel like women have a lot of preferences. And that's fine. I don't think there's absolutely anything wrong with that. But when a man has preferences, for some reason, I feel like some time is taken in a whole different context. My entire life, I've heard women say, I like a tall guy. I like a guy with muscles. I like a guy with beards. I like a guy with money. I like a guy with this. And no one bats an eye. But for some reason, if a guy says, hey, I like a woman, any kind of way, it's frowned upon. And he's looked at a certain way. And I just brought it up to ask why. That was all. I felt like it was a logical point. And there were a lot of women who agreed. And they was like, you know what? I never thought about it that way. But that is true. I've seen women get offended when a guy says he likes a certain kind of woman. But women do it all the time, right? So now here's a woman saying it, that being B. Simone. Because you see this all the time. A woman who doesn't have a job at all might say, I need a millionaire. And this is basically what she's saying. And people attack the messenger, but they didn't necessarily dissect the message. And I believed the message to be fair. If you want someone to bring something to the table you should also be bringing something to the table, regardless. But beyond that, that led me into a conversation that happened this week, and I was going back and forth about if I was going to even talk about this or bring it up until I was convinced that I should. 
Because I've always been completely honest and transparent on my podcast, and I don't ever want to get away from that. There's a small part of me that was a little offended, but I didn't take it personally because I felt like it was outside of the realm of possibility for anyone to truly understand. And what I'm about to say is not necessarily about that situation, but it's tied to it because I would want anyone that I care about or that I love to have this message. In my honest opinion, I feel like the world has shifted in a lot of different ways. And in a small way, I almost feel as if we reward the victim mentality. There are times in life when you're a victim. You just are. And most of those times, it's not fair. There are also times in life when you are not the victim and you are just making yourself one and forcing people around you to pay for that or to feel some kind of weight for it. When in reality, it's not their fault and it has nothing to do with them. Sometime I wonder how we got here. I've been around people in my life who blame everybody else for everything. Recently, I had to cut someone off who I really liked. But I honestly just couldn't take it anymore. And I used to be this person. So I actually understand it. But at the same time, when you come out of that, it's very difficult to go back and be around. Sometimes there are people who literally create the negative environment that they complain about. And they don't realize that they create it because they're too busy blaming everyone else for it. Well, life is this. And every time it's this. And every time it's that. And when I do this, it's Fam, why do you think that is? You're speaking it into the universe every which way that you can. You're creating it. And then being upset that someone else may not understand it. When this moment came up, I was quiet about it. For one, wasn't exactly sure how to express this. For two, I wasn't sure if it'd be worth it. And for three, one thing I've learned about a person who's going to play victim, they're going to play the victim. You're not going to stop them. If they were capable of not having that mindset, then they wouldn't be in that situation. So you're not going to talk them out of it, at least not in that moment. You got to let it develop. And one day hope they get it. And I've learned that. Similar to being in a relationship. You can tell somebody about their relationship all you want to. While they're in it, they're not going to see what you see. You either learn that lesson or you don't, but it don't change. My grandmother told me a long time ago that happiness is a choice. And I remember being young and thinking to myself, no, it's not, Grandma. Because I didn't choose these circumstances. I didn't choose this situation I'm in. I didn't choose the tools I was given. And all of those things make me unhappy. So how is happiness a choice? And I would like really debate this with her and and swear I was right. And I wasn't. I was dead wrong. Because happiness is a choice. So many things that we feel are a choice. You blame everybody else. What that person said made me feel some type of way. What that person did made me feel some type of way. Be that as it may, 
That was your choice. It made a man out of me to really admit that I was in a lot of those situations I was in because I chose to be. I didn't believe anything different. I wasn't capable of it. Certainly, you don't always get the circumstances you want, the tools you want, the family you want, the environment you want. But what you do with it is a choice. Broke people that tell you, man, if I just made a little bit of money, I'd be happy. But look how many rich people are miserable. There are starving people who will tell you, if I just had a little bit of food, I'd be happy. But look how many people you know are full and miserable. It's a choice. Somehow I feel like we've gotten away from that. So many things are a choice. A decision. One decision. If you ever truly stop, think about what becomes of people's lives off of one decision. One. One decision changes everything. Who you meet, where you go, what you do, who you become. They're all decisions. Who you marry. Sometime if you live, that's how vital a decision is in life. A choice is no different. When you get out of that victim mind frame, I promise you it's painful. When you see one of your loved ones have it, how you choose to look at yourself is a choice. That too is a decision. I don't mean no harm in saying this. I just hope it gets to someone who needs it. But here's some truth for you. As much as it pains me to say it. The world is not going to conform to your insecurities. It's simply not going to happen. Take it from me. I'm black. <laughs> like to my non-black friends. In all sincerity, I promise you, most black people don't like to have to say, hey, read the room. <laughs> we don't. It's not something we look forward to doing. We just carry things from a lifetime of experience that sometimes you say something that we can't help but look at you like, are you serious? They don't mean harm. And most of the time, we don't want to do it. We want you to do it. Read the room. If you're, <laughs> example, if you have in a room and you talk about how the world views you based off of your appearance, I'm going to be honest with you. That's going to fall on deaf ears. <laughs> your black friend is just not really going to hear that. Because, yeah, I understand that society has its views of what people should look like. And all of us in some way or another may suffer from that from time to time. But I promise you, no one suffers from that more than a black person. And that's the one thing that's not a decision or a choice. You may get judged off of how you look. I get it. Some of us get murdered, not treated equal, can't get work. And that's not to go into the things that you've heard us complain about before. That's simply to say to my non-black friends, if you have black friends in your life that you care about, genuinely, 
Read the room sometime. And they should do the same. Should read the room, period. It's not a race thing. But it's an experience I had and one that I think someone else can use, especially in Black History Month. (laughs) But give us that this month. But seriously, if you find yourself on the wrong end of what I'm talking about right now, I'm telling you this to motivate you, not to hurt you. The world is not going to conform to your insecurities. You can't change the world. People are going to have opinions. People are going to have preferences. That is not going to stop. Ever. Yeah, sure I wish it would. And it should. I wish racism would stop. And it should. Unfortunately, it's going to be a while. I have friends who ask me all the time, Mo, how do you do it? You deal with this, you deal with that, you don't break. What is breaking going to do? What is it going to do? What is it going to change? You want me to go home and hate myself because they hate me? I can't do anything about that. You can't change the world, but you can change your mindset. You are not going to change how people think. More times than not, that's not going to happen. But you can certainly change how you react to how people think. And some people don't want to. Because it's more difficult to look deep inside and face what the real problem is than it is to look outside and blame someone else for what they did or for what they said. The reality of it all, none of that should matter. People are always doing. People are always saying. If you wake up and want to find a reason to be offended, guess what's going to be at the door? Offense! There it is. Stop being a victim. It's tough love, but it's what I would tell my son, my daughter, my sisters, my brothers. No matter who you are, first they love you, then they hate you, then they love you again. Jay-Z said it best. That's the way it goes. Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter what you look like. Really doesn't even matter who you are. People going to love you. They're going to hate you. They're going to love you. They're going to hate you. You want everybody to act a certain way so that they don't offend you or to say certain things so that they don't make you feel bad? Good luck. I was watching a Chris Rock special the other day. It was pretty good. Well, it was something he said. It was a joke he told about his kids. And it's funny, but I also thought it was profound because it's real. Stop telling your kids that they special. Maybe they special to you but not to me. I don't play that shit. Every day before my kids leave for school, I get them at the door, I'm like, Lola's R, check this out. Soon as you leave this door, nobody gives a fuck about you. (laughs) Nobody in the whole world gives a fuck about you. Nobody thinks you're cute, nobody thinks you're smart, nobody gives a fuck about your opinion. Nobody on the whole earth outside of this door gives a fuck about you. Nobody. And even some of the people inside the house a little on the fence. No one cares about you. (laughs) They don't care. They don't care. And I know that's harsh. I know, but it's true. It's the truth. Man, the world don't care. I used to think that's what I needed. Someone to coddle me when I was down. 
and I felt down on myself. I wanted someone to tell me how great I was. And yeah, someone would eventually, and I would feel great for 24 hours. And the next day, I'd go right back to what I really felt because the problem wasn't actually that I needed the person to tell me I was great. The problem was I didn't feel like I was great. That had nothing to do with that person. It never has anything to do with another person. It has everything to do with you. You. Oh, imagine that. Having to dig deep inside and realize the problem is me. You know how many people's lives change when they hit that moment? All this time it'd been me. I'm holding me back. It's me. Stop or don't stop blaming everybody else. Continue to do it. It's not going to help. I promise you. It's a band-aid. It's a temporary fix to go, I feel this way because that person did this. It's temporary. Stitch it up by realizing it's never about what the person said. It's how you feel about you. It's cliche, but it's true. And I'm saying this because I've lived it. I remember first getting on the bird show. I would scroll past hundreds of messages from people saying, Mo, I love you. You're great. Mo, you're great. I'm, I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Get right down to the one that goes, Mo, you suck. Wait a minute. Nah, fam, you suck. Why the hell I respond to him? <laughs> hundreds of messages of people telling me how I'm great. And instead of taking the energy to respond to all 100 of them, I took it to respond to this one guy. And you know what happens most of the time? People will be like, yo, you suck. And you'd be like, fam, say it in my face. And they'd be like, man, I ain't even mean that. I love you, man. I just, I was just trying to say that. Hopes I'll get your attention, man. How you doing, Mo? I got some shirts I like for you to wear. And I, <laughs> I realized, like, look at me. I'm an idiot. These people don't even know me. I care about the one person who doesn't like me as opposed to the, because it ain't based on what someone said. Someone's going to always say you suck. But what did I see? That. Why? Because I felt like I really sucked. <laughs> That's the truth. If I, but when I got to the place of knowing I don't really suck, 99 out of 100 good messages were good enough for me. Didn't care about the one. All of a sudden, because it was never about what was said. It was about what I received. Now I know that message might be a little... Harsh, maybe, for some. A little too much salt. But I really think it's necessary. Because I wouldn't be doing my best if I didn't give y'all what I truly had. And that was what was on my spirit this week. And I want you to utilize that however you may. Continue to strive, but start with you. World don't owe you nothing. If you need a moment with that, Go back and listen to the episode I did, What the Fuck is My Life? I don't remember the number, but that's the title. A lot of people love that episode. They say they needed it because the world doesn't owe you anything. Doesn't work like that. Gravity is made to hold us down, not up. We got to push. You got to fight. But we've gotten to this place of just rewarding people for feeling some type of way. And I'm not talking about disrespect. I'm just talking about people having preferences. If someone says, hey, I'm into guys with beards, that doesn't mean that Babyface wasn't an incredible singer, songwriter, and producer. He's one of the best. That woman just likes men with beards. That's fine. Babyface is great. If someone says they're into adults, that doesn't mean that the baby is a bad rapper. It has nothing to do with you. <laughs> Sometimes 
people insert themselves in things. There's nothing to do with you. Nothing. Let people have preferences. You know how many times growing up I had girls say, man, Mo, you cute as hell, but you need a muscle. Did it hurt? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but it ain't mean I wasn't dope. I got a little older and got a couple muscles. Then she was like, hey. I was like, nah, I got muscles now. Watch out. <laughs> Sometimes it ain't what they say. It's how you receive it. I sometimes see it like a video game. You can either spend coins trying to change the world or you could spend coins preparing yourself for the world as it is. You don't get a lot of coins. So choose wisely. Who's next? Quote of the week. I was watching uh, this DMX interview, rapper DMX, and he said something that I thought was profound. He said, trust people to be who they are. And what he meant by that was, a lot of times you, you be like, I don't trust people. That's how he said it, too. If you know DMX, that's how he said it. I don't trust people. You know what I mean? And he said you got to put a lot of energy into that. You got to stay a step ahead of them. You got to always question them. You got to be on the lookout. And he said it takes too much energy. So sometimes you don't need to not trust people. You just need to trust people to be who they are. Trust a snake to be a snake. If that's what they've shown you to be, that's who they are. It was like the rap version of Maya Angelou to me. <laughs> when people show you who they are, believe them the first time. That's pretty much what DMX was saying. Don't waste your energy not trusting people. Trust them. Just trust them to be exactly who they are. Because that's all people know how to be. Yet somehow it's still hard for people to be themselves. I know. I'm lost too, y'all. But just, hey, hey, take it for what it's worth. And before I get out of here, to tie it all together... This is one of my favorite Jay-Z moments. If you know anything about me, you know I'm a big Jay-Z fan. My favorite rapper. I think uh, when you list greatest rappers of all time, the list goes Jay-Z, and then it's like three pages of space, and then you can name whoever you want. <laughs> but more so than just his music, his mind. And this ties into pretty much what I have been saying for the last 30 minutes of your life. Mindset is so important. And I feel I'd be remiss to not share some of my experiences of changing my mindset. And I always felt like in life, I never understood why there are haters. Because some people look at other people and they choose to hate for whatever reason. Take the Kardashians. They'll post pictures of themselves. You see mad hate. Photoshop. That ain't real. That ain't her body. For some reason, that's okay to yell. But even if that's the case. So? If they happy being them, why would they care? Which, why don't you think that works for you? <laughs> if you're happy being you, why would you care? The world tends to respect what the harder thing is to do, right? You look at rich people different than you look at people who are broke. Why? Because it's harder to be rich. That's not a knock to anybody who's not rich. That's just the way it goes. But when you're broke, you can do one or two things when you look at someone who's rich. 
you can either look at them and go, damn, I can do that. That's amazing. That person put in the work and got there, and I can too do that. Or you can look at them and go, damn, they're in my way. They're so rich, I hate that. It's fake. It's Photoshop. It's not real. Do you really think the problem is them? Because they posted a picture of themselves being rich? So? What that got to do with you? You know, sometimes people's success, you know, make people feel, instead of saying, wow, that person's successful and, uh, I'm, I'm inspired. Well, some people are. Some people are like, that person's successful. I'm going to strive and I'm going to be exactly where they are. And some people are just like, they got the reverse attitude. Like, their success means my failure. So I hate that success. So I have to, I have to make some kind of explanation of why they're here and why they shouldn't be here and why they wouldn't be here if this person was here. Who thinks like that? If you take that long to think about someone, why they sh shouldn't be here, then... You're good, mm -hmm. and you should be doing something with that intelligence. <laughs> right? You should apply that intelligence to something else. Absolutely. Right? If you be like, that person would be here. That's You're like a scientist. Mm -hmm. You should really be figuring out some sh that could help us in the world. <laughs> I say that to say, it really is your choice on how you choose to look at others and how you choose to receive the way others look at you. Do with that what you will. As always, I appreciate y'all for listening. It's always a pleasure to share the moment with you. And I'm off to do nasty things because it's the weekend. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm going to sleep. Next week, bitches. My mother is calling me. One second. Mother, I am live and recording my podcast. How are you? <laughs> Uh, call me soon as you're done. All right, you all right? I'm I'm perfect. I love you. I love you back. Okay, baby. All right. Go do your thing. Okay, right. bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now let that be a lesson to you about having a good black mama in your life. It don't matter what the hell you doing. When she call, you answer. Five, four, three, two, one. Level up. 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 So yummy, all this sauce so yummy. No, you want this yummy, yummy all in your tummy. Level up, 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 level up. All this on me so yummy, all this sauce so yummy. No, you want this yummy, yummy all in your tummy. Them more mistakes are gone. I won't do them no more. That's old news, that's new news. I done did that before. I turn up into something. My comeback on 100. Let's talk it, more action. You just go see. into money they gotta never settle this view is so much better i'm chilling i'm winning like on another level oh you can talk all you want see me as the greater nothing i'm afraid of and i can